Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Just like that. Hour number two is here, Monday edition, Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network. Here at 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine, Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. Glad you're with us as we uh, roll through all the big headlines from the weekend. Coming up, we will preview the SEC tournament from Tampa. Uh, Major League Baseball called the the union's latest proposal on Sunday worse. Uh, We'll... Continue that discussion. Franchise tag deadline for the NFL is tomorrow at 4 o'clock Eastern. We'll give you uh, the names of players who have already received the franchise tag from clubs and then who is eligible. Uh, All potential free agents are, but who is likely to receive them by tomorrow's uh, deadline, plus an NFL combine review. Hunting quick info coming out uh, now as we continue to follow this breaking story, breaking news story with Calvin Ridley gambling on football. This from Mike Garofolo, who says, a source informed of the NFL's investigation of Calvin Ridley's gambling tells me the bets did involve the Falcons. The bets in question. Significant. NFL statement says the investigation, quote, uncovered no evidence indicating any inside info was used or that any game was compromised, but those bets did involve the Falcons, which I said earlier is an important detail in all of this. You would have inside information based on solely being on the roster. Yes. And he's not allowed to bet yeah. on football, period. This, so This sounds like the NFL overstepping the their bounds again with a statement. Well, the, the inside information, I view it as him receiving information while he's not a part of the team, while he's on this non-football illness list, receiving information from the Falcons that he then turned and used as part of his sports bet. And also, that and inside, would be inside, inside knowing info. the playbook... Before that. Yes, and let me give you an example of this. Info. This is not just anyone's got a, an account somewhere. You see it. This is not just, oh, I'm picking the Falcons to cover this week as a seven-point underdog. This could be over-under catches for a teammate that he's talking to regularly that is complaining to him about not being a part of this week's game plan. Right, and the NFL is saying that they don't have any evidence of that. They're not saying it didn't happen, but uh, I, don't, I don't think this is an overstep of a, a statement because – they, the, the, the Falcons, in their statement, said that this, this investigation has been ongoing since February 9th. We're but, sitting here on March 7th, and we're hearing about it for the well, first time. I, I think, I think, think. They're, they're, uh, they're treating the public like they're really stupid to say there's no inside info of an active member of the Atlanta Falcons betting on Falcons games. Here also you is can where say I there's no evidence. Okay, I can say that too. We have no text that shows he was you know, texting with Kyle Pitts about his catches and targets that week. Okay, that's fine, but... Of course there's inside information if he's gambling on Falcons games. Well, I mean, you can't punish him unless overreach. you have it. They're saying they don't have it. Here's where I think well, they're they punishing him also. by suspending him for a year. They no, don't. with him, he's admitted to it. They're, they're saying inside information from the Falcons to him. They don't have the evidence that anything took place from within the organization. Right, nor would they. They don't have subpoena power. They can't get his cell phone. They don't know if he has a FanDuel account. Yeah, but I'm, they act sometimes like they're the let feds. Me, let me clarify what I'm saying here. Less is more. You don't even have to put that in there. 
we are suspending Calvin Ridley for betting on the NFL for a season, and you can end it at that. You don't have to give us – there's no uh, – we don't have any confirming evidence of inside info. Well, they I, do, I think they, you're treating your audience no, like they're idiots they, you say They that. absolutely have to say that, Chad, because we immediately would be saying, what do the Falcons know about and what they did? But we immediately know. He's, he's saying that there's no inside info like the Falcons are getting – Right. Feedback on it with that. No, we would be saying, what did Arthur Smith know about? Why did they? Why did the league release this the Monday after the combine and not allow Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot to be asked about it? And they're saying the reason for that is there's no inside information coming from the Falcons to him that he then relayed in, in terms of placing a bet on the team. That's, as far as they know. To prove that that happened. They don't have the evidence to prove it. I just but don't they should, see. I, to me, so they, they should go a step further say and but, say, "But we don't have subpoena power, and we don't know what's on his phone, or what phone calls he made, or who he was texting." I'm not. With. I'm not saying that the Falcons did anything wrong at all in this, or that they're providing him with something to go out and hey, now go bet on this and gamble on games. I'm saying someone whose teammates and a part of the Falcons organization is going to have inside info, whether the Falcons have any knowledge of it or not. Now, you could say, clarify in there, the Falcons didn't provide him with gambling information, you know, but he's betting on Falcons games. They, did, they sure as heck didn't include that in their statement, you say once even he's though away, that's already out now. Once he's away from the team, we're not providing him any further information regarding our game plans or team well, health and look, or things like that. They're showing how serious they take this by suspending the guy for at least a year. That's a heavy-handed punishment. So the league is doing their part in finding this out and saying – Buddy, you're done for the season, at least, until we find more information. I mean, they're, they're treating him with more seriousness than they did Sean Watson, quite frankly. Absolutely, they are. I mean, they, Much faster. They made it Houston's problem, um, where they could have just absolutely said, this is Atlanta's problem. And knowing that he's unlikely to play this upcoming season yeah. due to the non-football illness list that he's been on since October. It's a weird um, case instead, by case. Instead, they suspend him for a full year and act within, within a month. Well, they know how to handle gambling. They have no idea what to do with domestic uh, assault accusations. Well, but now, now the so now it comes down to my my initial question is the the five day window that they're looking at and how they found out about it uh, because if they don't have subpoena power and they don't look at phones and they don't look at apps, how they know? One of his teammates give him up? No, I'm not, I mean my guess. I, I'm asking. I mean, yeah. my, that, that's my, a good question you're asking. So, yeah. so if they don't have that, if they don't have access to all that, how how'd they figure this out? Well, did one of their partners in uh, sports wagering hand over information on them to their to their partner in the NFL? That's their biggest provider of revenue. That's interesting. How private is that information? Are you allowed to do that? I would my, I would think not. My guess is you you hand it over if he won in a windfall on some some information that they had, but. Yep. Um, that could be another one. He got flagged when he started placing some big bets down. Yeah. And uh, that got the attention of everyone. But, uh, Chad, you're also absolutely right um, that there are players on these apps that are betting on all kinds of stuff. They can, they can do that on any other sport they want to. Yeah, it's not. Uh, you're right. And, it's, it, again, I'm just saying it's, it's a lot. It's not just as simple as I really like our chances this week against Seattle. <laughs> and we're going to cover, it's I'm talking to a buddy on the team who knows he's not going to get targets, so I'm going to go under yardage on that particular player, and then I can parlay that with some other things I know about game plan and really hit big. You raise a good point, though, there, Hutt. That's where 
a guy could easily slip into the temptation. He's a regular NBA guy. But okay, and, but and all here's, of a here's he where the league could come. You know, the the judge, jury, and executioner part of it. Um, the league bought into this whenever they figured out that they're going to make more money partnering with this, partnering with Vegas, then putting a team in Vegas, then completely walling it off like they've done for the history of the league itself. So on one side, they're, they're accepting all of this revenue money. And then on the other side, they're saying these players, coaches, owners can't jump in and be a part of this. Which, oh, by the way, Stephen Ross, uh, you know, he's being investigated for uh, allegedly being offering a hundred grand to uh, to lose games on purpose, to tank on purpose. Um, I'm, I'm, this this to me cranks up that story a lot more. And going back to the Houston comparison, by by suspending Calvin Ridley, Atlanta now has eleven million dollars open up on their salary cap right as they go into the week prior to free agency, and they're 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 hamstrung when it comes to their cap situation as it is. Meanwhile, Houston was told to deal with it. Yeah. By, in no uncertain terms, they were told to deal with it and pay Deshaun Watson not to show up. You were right, Hutton, in that Houston, all these stories that come out, regardless of how big in scope, penalty, everything else, the Texans continue to get screwed in all of this when you look at their situation and how the league handled it. Uh, and, and with Deshaun Watson just still floating out there, sort of in the ether, not knowing what's going to happen, it's an awful situation for the Texans. They can't move forward. They found they, were, they they found they told to, were they even told to deal with it or was implied to deal with it they as were, the league said nothing? No, by doing they, nothing, they were no, told Paul, to deal with it. they said a lot. They said they didn't have enough uh, information to act. They weren't given anything within the court system to act one way or the other. That, that there was no cooperation on the documents that were sealed, more yeah. or less. And so they didn't act because they didn't know which way to go one way or the other. Meanwhile, within five weeks of uh, four weeks of starting this investigation, according to the Falcons, they were alerted on February 9th. And by March 7th, not only have they suspended him for the upcoming season, they could suspend him for life. By the way, that's I the mean, th- th- fastest this is review of anything ever by the NFL. The NFL never has reviewed something and released a statement in a month, ever. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how quickly this must be tight and how quickly they they were able to wrap up the investigation to know that it was a five-day window the information had to be very tidy that was provided to them this also as we continue to think through this story this really works in the nfl's favor i don't want to make light of mental mental illness or what's going on with calvin ridley but the fact that it's a player that over a five-day window when he was taking time away for mental illness that got popped for it really makes the NFL look good in all this and makes this story go away to where not as many people are questioning the validity of the rest of the league doing this. And right. look, yeah, and look right. how It's a guy who's got, he's dealing with some mental health issues and did it over Thanksgiving weekend. Big Thanksgiving weekend, bet on some games, and uh, he, but he came you know, to us with it, told us everything when asked, and now we move forward. And rings, it really still all wins for the NFL in the end. They rings, continue to win. Rings the warning reminder bell for everybody who's active. Yep. Boys, in case you had forgotten, look at the serious punishment that comes down for this guy who wasn't even playing. Don't even think about it. And Goodell in the statement saying that, you know, there's nothing more fundamental to the NFL's success and to the reputation of everyone associated with our league than upholding the integrity of the game. 
and it goes into detail on betting on on games and the uh, result. It's a good chance of undermining the reputation of fellow players it, throughout the league. It's a good chance for the league to cite integrity of the game and actually like mean it and come off looking good. How many times have they talked integrity of the game and looked like and to which we've all said this is BS for them to be citing this here. They're wrapping themselves in the integrity of the game flag, but it's a crock. Well, here, but he's, but but he's also right. Yeah. I mean, that, the oh, one thing you is. can't have is people out there thinking this game is a sham and I'm not watching ultimate effort on both sides to win the game and to value the principles of the game in that you're trying to win, I'm trying to win, and there's nothing unseemly going on with the playing of this game. That is the baseline for every league, and the NFL knows that. They can't have people questioning the integrity of what's taking place on the field. And that's why the, the massive biggest accusation that Flores had in his lawsuit against the league and against teams was Steven Ross tanking on purpose and offering him a hundred grand per loss to do so. Um, again, that, that is the storyline off of the headline of the day that Calvin Ridley has been suspended for the upcoming season. Uh, if he was going to play at all, because he's on the non-football illness list with the Atlanta Falcons coming up, uh, a guy who's going to play is Aaron Rodgers. Where? Well, Florio had a report over the weekend that detailed not only the Packers, but three other teams that have offers in place based on the Packers' parameters. They have offers in place with Green Bay if Rodgers tells Green Bay he wants out. That's next on Now Kick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Oh, Kick 360 rolls on. Uh, Here's the latest news trickling out about Calvin Ridley. You know, you got you have the league releasing the information. You have the the Falcons releasing a statement, and then my guess is we're hearing from Ridley's side. Ridley has tweeted out saying that he bet fifteen hundred dollars and that he doesn't have a gambling gambling problem. Um, so I bet fifteen hundred total. I don't have a gambling problem. He tweeted his, that eighteen minutes ago. His next tweet, thirteen minutes ago. I couldn't even watch football at that point. He said. Uh, this is from Lindsey Jones. Per source informed of the investigation, Ridley placed three parlays, three, five, and eight teams, and bet on the Falcons to win. All of the bets were placed between November 23rd and 28th. The Falcons beat Jacksonville on November 28th. All of the bets were over a mobile app in Florida. Uh, that per Lindsey Jones. And uh, a source informed of the investigation, to me, would be Calvin Ridley's agent. Um, that's how you would get the precise information on exactly how it went down and what bets were made. So take that for what it's worth. Um, and if he's you know informed of these parlays and he's betting on the Falcons to win, um, to me, and by the way, that, that final was 21-14, where the Falcons scored a touchdown through the first three quarters of the game. So each quarter of the first three quarters. Um, where is Aaron Rodgers going to be playing? Well, the Packers have made him an, uh, made an offer to him 
waiting on his decision on where he wants to play, that's going to reset the bar for highest paid quarterback in the NFL next season for the 2022 season, where he'll be paid more than Patrick Mahomes, who's scheduled to make $45 million uh, of that massive contract, that 10-year extension that he signed a couple of years ago. But that's today's headline. Over the weekend, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk put out some headlines from Indianapolis where he says that there are four teams in the mix for Aaron Rodgers. Both, and I, I took this at, uh, on first glance. I said, well, these are the four teams that Rodgers wants to play for. And as I read through the report, Florio takes that a step further. It's not just the four teams that Rodgers is considering. The other three teams, other than the Packers, have made qualifying offers to Green Bay if Rodgers chooses to leave and where he wants to be traded to. Offers are in, according to Mike Florio and Pro Football Talk. Those teams, the Steelers, the Broncos, and the Titans. And straight from Florio's report, he says, each team has trade compensation lined up with the Packers, and the potential moves, quote, have been arranged essentially with the permission of the Packers. Saying, and I take that, Paul, to mean has been arranged with permission of the Packers. Compensation has been arranged both through Rodgers' representation and Green Bay to facilitate a trade if a trade has to go down because Rodgers wants out. Yeah. I, I'm not buying this report, and here's why. And you guys know I'm pretty consistent with this. When he reports this, which I think was Saturday, since then, not one other national reporter has said the same thing. Everybody else, correct me if I'm wrong in what you've seen, everybody else has been saying Denver, Denver, Denver. So I haven't seen anybody else come with the Tennessee or with the Pittsburgh. That's where it breaks down for me because usually if you get a report like this that's solid, you generally see other people fall in line with it, getting the same information from generally the same source, right? It doesn't, you don't get it exclusively for very long. And also because I know most about the Titans, if, if the Titans were to, di- I'm presuming Ryan Tannehill's going to be part of this, right? He has to well, go. Well, if not, if he'll be traded him. somewhere else. If not, he'd be traded somewhere else. But if the Titans were to trade Ryan Tannehill before June 1st, they've got $28.4 million on the books for Ryan Tannehill. Then you're talking about the kind of deal that, that Rodgers would command, which even if you stretched it out five years with dead money, would come with a pretty good cap hit. You're talking about $40 million, let's say, of quarterback money before you get to a backup quarterback, which could be pennies. That's a huge chunk of your salary cap for a team that's already in salary cap trouble. Feasible? Well, Presumably. At, Very Paul, difficult? Yes. It's at, Pittsburgh's got here's, no, here's my counter. no cap. Here's my counter. Guess who else doesn't have a cap? The Green Bay Packers, who are about to pay Aaron Rodgers $50 million next season. Right, but at least they've got no quarterback taking up money. You know what I'm saying? Their quarterback well, slot for, for money would be Aaron Rodgers. Pittsburgh has no quarterback money because Roethlisberger has retired, so their quarterback money would be Roethlisberger. Denver, I said earlier, has less than a million dollars invested in Drew Locke. Tennessee would be doubling up on quarterback. Unless you can find a team that's willing to take on that hit, right? No, but if, if they trade him, the Titans retain 28.4. They absorb all of the old bonuses into their cap. 
because it accelerates all the old bonuses. So they take a beating on Tannehill if they trade. Well, so so here's my initial reaction to this is absolutely these teams should be inquiring about this. Should and, be. And yeah. putting, putting this on the books. And, um, you know, I'll use locally here in Nashville as an example. Right after the postseason, it was unanimous that the Titans are not getting over the hump with Ryan Tannehill. And now that the Titans have gone through their speaking points at the Combine, media here is now flipped and saying, oh, absolutely not. This, this, the, they're, they're sticking with Tannehill, and they're not going to trade for Aaron Rodgers. And I'm thinking, where was this weeks ago when everyone agreed to the fact that the Titans aren't getting through the ceiling or uh, raising the ceiling with Tannehill in the postseason? Well, this comes Which from... That, that remains a fact. This comes from Vrabel and Robinson not leaving a crack in their public statement. But again, that doesn't, make, that, that doesn't mean we have to get on this show and repeat it and say it's, it's the right move. I'm not the saying right, it's the right, right move. The I'm right move would be move. trying to uh, obtain Aaron Rodgers via trade and improving your team drastically. Oh, I don't disagree that it would improve the team drastically, and they should do it if they can do it. I think they would have a hard time doing it, and I, I, think, I don't think it's going to happen. Well, but, but based it's always going to be difficult, though. Based on this I mean, report, Chad. That's always been a part of The those. deal's in place. Based yeah, they, on this report, the deal is in place. They have – you're right. What – Florio Pro Football Talk is reporting is that there are multiple deals in place depending on what Aaron Rodgers decides, what he tells the Packers, then the Packers will decide on what, what is the best deal between those teams. Trade compensation is lined up with the Packers and the potential moves have been arranged essentially with the permission of the Packers. I also take nothing from what John Robinson said. Absolutely nothing. He said exactly what you'd expect him to say about a guy who's under contract to be his quarterback. He tried to give the positive sales pitch on, boy, go back and I can show you a number of plays that, that Ryan made throughout the season. Did he have a good playoff game? No. But we know John Robinson. Is John Robinson the type to sit back and not explore options? And, if, and if he were, if he was going He's to explore right that option, he wouldn't tell anyone that. No, but he wouldn't. He would leave himself a sliver to wiggle out of based on what he said. And he said, I, I asked him, is there any point at which you, you've considered? And he said, no. He didn't say, he didn't give an answer that left some way for when he makes a move later to go back and say, well, I did, you know, allow for X or whatever. That's all I'm well, saying. Well, but he could also come I back and Denver's say, the I, most I haven't, likely. but you also come back and say, I haven't considered it because I, I didn't, uh, at the time, Packers hadn't given an answer on anything. So my consideration was only for the current quarterback. You can weasel your way out of anything. If you say, I mean, you could say one thing and then do another and basically say, well, things changed. It's and a, this became an option. It's an interesting storyline because in today's report about the offer from Green Bay, Schefter is saying that they have not talked trades with other teams. And you've got Florio straight up in his report over the weekend saying that not only have they talked about and discussed trades, trades are in line with these three teams, if Rodgers comes to them and says, you know what, I want out. There's I'm the conflict I'm talking about in terms of the follow-up reporting not falling in line. So usually if somebody like Florio comes out with that report, then in relative short order, everybody else of this conglomerate of, of national NFL reporters falls in line and confirms the same thing, and we haven't seen that happen. But we've heard a lot of people talk Denver. Rappaport immediately, uh, I saw an NFL network talking Denver. I've heard a lot of talk 
from a lot of reporters. The Titans have been mentioned every time the Broncos have been mentioned this offseason. Yeah, there's it's been consistently two or three teams, and two of those teams are always Broncos Titans. Always. And also, if the Broncos are talking to them, I believe the Titans would be talking to them also. If it's an AFC team, I'm just logically looking at it, not looking at salary cap position, quarterback, anything. If I'm looking at what would a good landing spot for Aaron Rodgers be that's not in the AFC, that is a great quarterback away from winning a Super Bowl possibly. I'm looking right at the Titans towards the top of that list. And If I'm just looking at teams that should be looking into it and that Aaron Rodgers would, would want to be a part of. I'll, I'll, if he wants to win. Also, so you know, they're adamant that, that Tannehill's their quarterback next season, right? They, they're both said that at the Combine. John Robinson, though, his, in his interview with, in, with media availability, didn't come across to me as a guy who's just going to lay awake in bed at night and, um, and tell himself, you know what, we're going to run it back. We're just going to run it back. Because he knows that's not good enough. I mean, how can you take his response to the question about how he could have been better as a GM who's going to run it back with the, the group intact or, or the, the, the core pieces intact as they are? I, I think that's a general manager that if Aaron Rodgers is available, you, you take full advantage of that possibility. I'll also say this. I don't think this, isn't, this would be a problem with many quarterbacks, so it's not me taking a shot at Ryan Tannehill. Most quarterbacks in the league would have an issue with this. But I really don't think Ryan Tannehill is the type of quarterback who uses it as a positive if there's any door left cracked open in any public statement by John Robinson or Mike Vrabel that he's not the quarterback next year. I don't think he uses that as motivation in a positive way. And I think John Robinson knows that in terms of not even leaving a crack there. If John Robinson said, oh, we love Ryan, it's great, been good for this organization, but you know, we always allow for something to happen. You never know what's going to happen. I don't think Tannehill processes that well. Oh, I agree with all of this, and I think the Titans would be tremendously better with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, and they should go get him. I don't know how you do that when 13.6% of your salary cap is devoted to Ryan Tannehill in that scenario with Aaron Rodgers on your team because you're going to have to devote another well, the, 10% of it to Aaron Rodgers, and then you've got 23.6% of your salary so where, cap dedicated to quarterback. So where was this discussion whenever in the season ended and – we're trying to figure out if they were going to bring him back or not or move him. I, I said right off the gate that I thought they were, they were handcuffed by his salary cap stuff. And there's no way that a team can pick up part of that. Not the salary cap stuff. They can pick up some of the cash. But it's, it's locked into the franchise. According it's not, to Spotrack, okay. uh, before June 1st, get this up on my screen. If I find the right damn. Well, Paul, how you make that happen is you're going to have to get rid of some other salary of a good player. Pre so bringing in Aaron Rodgers would require your roster getting worse somewhere else probably to make up for the fact that you just got Aaron Rodgers yeah. a quarterback. So a pre-June yeah. 1st release, dead cap, $57.4 million. Obviously, they can't do that. That's over a quarter of your cap. Pre-June 1st trade, 28.4 dead cap. You technically save $10.2 million cap, but you still got all that dead cap. You're getting nothing in exchange for it. Post 6-1, uh, release, 38.6 dead money. Post 6-1 trade, 9.6 dead money because you push $29 million Down the road. to next year. Gotcha. But okay. post 6-1 is tough to do because you miss your offseason. 
or a good, you know, the beginning of your offseason. I don't think anyone's arguing it's easy to make this happen. Like, it's going to take a lot of things and a lot of concessions, and the roster's probably going to get worse somewhere else other than quarterback, where you're going to get a lot better. So then you factor in, we're going to be a little bit worse over here because we have to get to the cap, but we got Aaron Rodgers and not Ryan Tannehill, which is an enormous upgrade. Well, I mean, if you want to start with it, just off the top of my head, without having the numbers in front of me, you're not talking Lawan or Saffold, you're talking both. So the left side of your offensive line is gone. Um, Julio's uh, gone. Julio's gone. I think Julio should be gone either way. That's a designated post-June 6 cut. It's $9.6 million savings. You can designate that next week as post-June 1st. Uh, Harold Landry's not going to be re-signed under that circumstance. So that great front four is gone. Uh, Janoris Jenkins, I think, would already be gone. We're going to have to find at least one more big salary. What, uh, this, but like we Kevin, all agree. Kevin Byard big. We all agree this, this report is more than just where Aaron Rodgers would like to play if he's not playing in Green Bay. This is that combined with teams already submitting offers in the event that this guy wants to leave Green Bay. I'm just surprised that usually, Hut, if, if this process had taken place, there would have been reporting between nothing and what Florio said that indicated the agent had been given leeway to talk to teams and piece things together, but, which is another but missing that, but piece that of But that follow-up reporting would typically come from a local reporter. But two things, and, though. And this is one where local and, – and look, you and everyone else may be dead on right the whole time and Ryan Tannehill's back. There's not one single reporter covering the Titans daily that's saying anything different than what John Robinson's saying publicly. So it's not no, like no, – there's, no there's never been this outlier else. who's saying – Following up on that pro football talk report, I'm also hearing the Titans have done something or at least looked into it. Well, there's but, no one that's ever been on that. But the but in, from the Green Bay perspective, let's look at it from the Green Bay perspective and why this wouldn't have been out there. Um, and any re- reporter there, the Gr- Green Bay doesn't want that out that they're allowing for the possibility of him to be traded because they're they they've doubled down by saying they want their guy. They're they're, they're trying to keep him actively keep him. They don't want the perception out there that there's any, any inkling of Rodgers wanting to go somewhere else. That's number one. Number two, if it's not coming from Pat McAfee, no one's getting anything from Aaron Rodgers. No one. So if Aaron Rodgers isn't putting it out there and the Packers don't want it out there, the only way to get it, it would be at the combine, at the convention of the NFL, where everyone's chatting with everyone. And, you know, like Florio, don't like Florio, whatever it is, this is more specifics than what I was expecting. It's got to be the agent. Three very, yeah, three very particular teams and teams that have been linked with him for quite some time. We were talking about Pittsburgh whenever they played each other, when Green Bay played Pittsburgh. And Tomlin and Rodgers had that little wink or whatever it was. Um, so these teams have been linked with Green Bay as a p- potential trade partner if Rodgers wanted out for months, not just a weekend. And... As specific as it was, look at the teams that were left out of this um, with, with potential NFC partners. Those are gone. And well, any other AFC teams that were, you know, Indianapolis, for instance, comes to mind. They're, not, think, they're not listed. I think the lack of NFC partners would be an indication that the, the, that would score on the side that the Packers are involved in this because Packers would obviously not like to deal him 
in conference face him or have him be an obstacle to getting to the Super Bowl. And the other thing is no West Coast. I think there's a lot of perception out there that San Francisco he wants to go a... play on the West Coast. And that they're, that's not listed here either. The, the, the money, though, that Green Bay is reportedly offering him is exactly what he's asking for. He's going to be the highest paid player in the National Football League this upcoming season if he decides to stay. They're going to franchise tag Devontae Adams on top of that and hopefully work out a long-term deal. That's in their mind. Beyond that, they're going to have to make a lot of roster moves to get below the cap. But again, they're meeting Rodgers halfway on that. They're saying, hey, you want to be the highest paid player? We're willing to, to invest in you now. And for you know the short-term future of locking you in this year, next year, and whatever it might be in year three of the deal. I'm fascinated by it because this, this resets a lot for the quarterback market. And this offer also would drive up any potential contract that you're going to give him once you trade for him, right? Well, yeah. and also, you'd be expected this, to have given the same deal. It's also yeah. exciting because along with this reporting, I know Armando Salguero wrote this as well, more reporting and news is coming this week. That news could be Aaron Rodgers loves the Packers. He's staying. They franchise tag Devontae Adams. They're going to roll with, you know, contract, whatever. Um, but if it's, hey, I still want to get traded, that really picks up. And everything that's, that I've read on this is there's going to be more news this week on his decision. That whatever this decision is for Aaron Rodgers is coming this week. That's also exciting. Get this thing moving along, whatever direction it's going. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's Rodgers' camp that has deals in place with each of those teams. I just, that, it, it came, th- this, this report came out after a week where teams like the Titans doubled down on the quarterback that they have. And meanwhile, you've got, I, I agree with Paul. I mean, Denver makes the most sense. But it also comes, the report makes it sound like he will be dealt to the, any of these three teams based on where Rodgers wants to play. It's not like up to, it's totally up to Green Bay, even though it is, on where he's traded. I, I found that part interesting and tying into the fact that he's building a home here. How can you not think about that uh, with all of it? So. It's just, a, there's, there's an easy connection there. It's not easy with salary cap and all of that, but the home and also the Titans... Go ask anyone on the street right now. Hey, what do you think about the Titans winning a Super Bowl if Aaron Rodgers was their quarterback and not Ryan Tannehill? Oh, well, I think it's better. I like their odds better if that happens. So it makes sense there, too. By the way, I'm just now getting to Calvin Ridley's tweet that you read, Hutton. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, a problem with, uh, there's a problem with how he uh, words this and the way that I read it. I don't know if you saw it that way. But uh, without any punctuation, he just says, I bet 1500 total I don't have a gambling problem. So I read it as, I'll bet you $1,500 I don't have a gambling. <laughs> oh. He doesn't put a period at the end of, I bet $1,500 total I don't have a gambling problem. It looks like he's trying to bet the world $1,500 so against his betting did problem. Did you respond, I'll take that bet? <laughs> yeah. Uh, cash or credit? <laughs> how would you like to do this? Which, which app are we using? Coming up, uh, we'll tell you how the NFL found out about this. Uh, Calvin Ridley uh, story. Plus, uh, the MLBPA had a new proposal to Major League Baseball this weekend, yesterday, in fact. And Major League Baseball said, hey, this proposal is actually worse than what we were dealing with. We'll, we'll dive into this and we'll ask the question, when do people actually care 
um, about the back and forth that's happening right now. That's next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. So, Major League Baseball. They had talks again. The latest proposal came from the PA yesterday. And the, 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 the league is saying, hey, the proposal was actually worse than the last one we heard. So now the, the saga continues. <laughs> I love the that, saga continues. I love that now the players are basically saying, well, you, you had our best offer, so we're just going to start going down now and see if you agree to any of those before we stop. When does the roller coaster ride stop so we can get off? So they, they only, I'd like to get off now. They also, they also only met for 90 minutes. Like uh, it's to a me, good long meeting. Nice to me, lunch. like if you meet for an hour and a half over a collective bargaining agreement on a Sunday, that's a, a, a you're either meeting on a Sunday. You're you're meeting over a very specific part of the agreement. Like you're you're nearing the end, right? Or ninety minutes goes by and you're like, you know, we're getting nowhere. We're going. We're hitting the golf course. We're we're headed to watch you know college basketball, whatever it might be. We're out of here. We're, ho- we're hopping in our Lamborghinis and we're out of here. Um, to me, the latter is probably what happened. But we've already had the first two series canceled. And at what point does Manfred now use the, you know, the first month of the season, for instance, as, as like a threat? Like, hey, here's the deadline for the first month moving forward. You, you know how they say that war is a great economic driver for a country. And there are industries and people and things that will benefit from war happening. When I heard 90-minute meeting in this, I immediately thought, boy, I wonder who's making a lot of money off of this lockout continuing. I wonder who it benefits. Maybe some high-priced attorneys of these owners in Major League Baseball. Maybe some others that are thinking, yeah, 90 minutes sounds about right. I can just keep that clock, that meter going on my services throughout this lockout a few more days. And keep this thing going. Because if you were truly interested, and I'm talking both sides here, on getting something done, your day doesn't end after 90 minutes, and I don't care that it's Sunday. It goes for eight, nine hours a day until it's done, at least. And then even after hours, there's messages going back and forth. So I immediately thought, who stands to benefit financially from this lockout continuing? I hate that's where my mind went. But that's immediately where it went. Uh, of, of the MLBPA proposal that was yesterday that the, the league says is worse, I can't really tell where they've added anything to it. Uh, they've lowered the request on the pre-arbitration bonus pool from 85 to now $80 million. Uh, they didn't give any ground on the, on the uh, luxury tax. They didn't give any ground on, the higher, on raising the minimum salary for players, so they didn't raise or lower that, so it can't be worse than the previous. And the only thing that they added, they, instead of the top five picks that the league wants as a draft lottery to determine the, the top five picks to then uh, curb anti-competitive behavior, tanking, they, the, the, the MLBPA wants the top six. They want to add one pick to that lottery. 
That's what they apparently added in. Guys, this is Sunday. What's the hurry here? Sunday's leisurely. <laughs> These guys took time out of going to the club. <laughs> they postponed. They postponed their family well, time fair. on a Sunday. I think you're being really harsh. These guys Just don't care out. about family time. A lot time. of time. <laughs> These guys are thrilled to be away from family time. The guys, yeah. the guys, Yacht time, the guys I'm imagining right now are not sitting there thinking, "Man, I got to get to Junior's baseball game here soon," or whatever. we got to practice to get yacht to. time, drinking well, time, whatever the time. Have you is. seen the video of of Rob Manfred practicing his golf swing while the no. while the negotiations are going on last week? <laughs> no, I mean th- to Sounds me good. that sums How's up. Golf swing? To me that sums up the principles involved in this negotiation better than anything. This was before he got in there to announce. All right, first two series have been canceled, and he's laughing about <laughs> yeah. it as someone asked him a question. But there's video. It's one of those driving range type areas that got all the, the multiple spots that goes, you know, it's like different stories of driving range. And he's up there in a driving range practicing his golf swing. People are filming it from far away, and it's close to wherever they're meeting. And this is what's going This is while they're meeting, he's out here doing this. Wouldn't it have been better if Seinfeld was with him instead of NBA commissioner? <laughs> Seinfeld could have broken through on this. I mean, it's not exactly Churchill in the bunkers uh, in London, you know, while war is going on. This is a guy practicing his chipping and putting while baseball burns in the background. How's he look? Look like a guy who plays a lot of golf. <laughs> That's what it looked like. What is the That's only where deals get done on the I, golf course? I ask this because I He's don't know the answer, and it's just coming across. What is the only legal gambling app in the state of Florida? There's only one. And Breer is being very coy on naming it for some reason. Um, but he's saying the app notified a compliance company that the NFL has hired. That compliance company is called Genius. And they flagged Ridley's activity. And that's how the league found out about it. So uh, the NFL made it clear whenever they got into bed with these sports wagering, sports books, uh, wagering, legal uh, gambling, um, online apps that the gambling partners with the NFL would work with the league to gather information on potential violations by players and team employees. So that's how Calvin Ridley was caught, where he says he bet $1,500. Albert Breer is saying there's one legal sports app in Florida, and that's how how, um, Ridley was busted, as he bet on that app. The app then worked with this compliance company that what I'm the seeing. NFL hired to then report that to the league. The Hard Rock, Hard Rock Sportsbook app launched in early November 2021 but was discontinued in December after several court hearings. Well, while we were there, Chad, in, in Gainesville, it was about to become legal, sports betting in Florida. So sports here was my experience. Legal, I, I was no just apps. there, okay? I was in Tampa over the weekend. I tried to log into FanDuel and if I'm ever out of state on FanDuel, it doesn't even let me get it, it, into it. It just says, these are the states where it's allowed. If you notice on that, Florida is one of them mm-hmm. under FanDuel. I got into my app, showed my balance, and then it would say verifying location. And every time it would have a hard time verifying location. It would say something like, something is wrong with location verification. But yet I could see my, my bets and everything else. So I don't know what's up with that. So... I'm guessing FanDuel's not one of them in Florida. I don't know. But it was a different reading that I got as opposed to a state where it's not allowed. I'm seeing some stuff that indicates it's legal in Florida, but apps aren't operational. 
There's one app that's legal. That's that's what it, that was my experience. Well, it could have been this one that was could up be. for this time and Hard so, Rock, and then came down. So that that's how that's how this all came about, and how the Falcons were notified on February 9th about the investigation, and how the NFL came about acquiring the information needed in order to hand down this suspension to Calvin Ridley, which is for the full season. Um, he's eligible to. Um, apply for reinstatement in February of next year of 2023 doesn't mean he's going to be granted reinstatement. He's suspended indefinitely, but for sure until February of 2023 for betting what he says was $1,500. And what other reports are saying was a a multiple parlay bet, um, a three, a five and an 18 bet over the span of five days. Yeah. I turned up something else. It makes it seem like, uh, it was legalized, but then as soon as the books went live, they got suspended and are waiting an appeal. So there's some legal wrangling over the apps. Some wrangling over found the window, NFL though. rosters. Um, November. Franchise tag deadline tomorrow afternoon at 4 o'clock Eastern. Which players we expect to receive the tag? Who already has? And which potential free agents could be on the open market officially? knowing they're not receiving the franchise tag from their current NFL team. We'll lead there with all the headlines next on OutKick 360.